Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Steven, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing Season 4, Episode 5, and Episode 6 of Star Wars Rebels, titled The Occupation and Flight of the Defender. Now, in a very rare move, I don't actually think we have any announcements today. So, Tom, why don't you tell us about the episodes? Okay. Well, we're going to be starting out with Season 4, Episode 5, The Occupation. This was written by Christopher Yost and directed by Stuart Lee. Um, The episode revolves around Ezra and the Ghost crew are called back to Lothal when a new Imperial threat arises. Um, And then the second episode is Episode 6, Flight of the Defender. This was written by – hey, when was the last time we heard Dave Filoni coming back and writing something? Um, it's written by Dave Filoni and Stephen Melching. And it's been a little while, yeah. It's been a while. Um, and this one was directed by Sal Ruiz. Um, in the second episode, Ezra and Sabine steal an Imperial prototype TIE fighter, but must rely on some unexpected help to escape. Ahaha, Thrawn returns. So mm-hmm. both of these episodes back to back. I have to say one thing. I appreciate Disney putting these episodes back to back because it makes the story flow much better than having to wait a week because the cliffhangers at the end, you're like, do we really have to wait a week to figure out how, how it's all going to work out? What do yeah. you guys think? You know, yeah, and I, I do like the, the two-parters in, in general. Um, I think it makes the stories flow a lot better and they feel... Mm-hmm. I don't know. These are still fairly self-contained but they feel like they're part of a larger story both in the terms of the just the fact that there's two-parter 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 uh and the fact that um the whole season as a whole has become much more serialized which i which i'm enjoying yeah they've done a really mm-hmm. good job with it thus far yep but the episode starts with the ghost crew returning to yavin 4 when ezra has a vision of old how do you pronounce that name old joe oh thank you Sorry, yeah. I did not have my glasses on. My screen's pretty far away. But in the vision, he sees old Joe and Ryder. It seems like they're in trouble. So he wants to go back and help him. But, you know, Hera asks him to be patient. Now, I can understand, <clears throat> sorry, um, Ezra's frustration that Lothal's kind of dropped off the map. You know, mm-hmm. but, you know, to a certain point, the the whole show and the whole series started on Lothal. And it seems like Lothal is a running theme. They're going to have to go back at some point, and something major is going to happen there. Because even Ezra says, you know, at some point, Lothal is never mentioned anymore within the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, <clears throat> which I thought was interesting, and I'd love to get your, your thoughts on this as well. Because in the the last episode, we had that great chat with Mon Mothma, where she explains why they can't go help Lothal, right? Mm-hmm. And this episode, it's like that conversation never happened at first. Um, I, yeah, I the way know. I kind like, of imagine it, it's it's more that uh, Ezra is just not giving up. Like, okay, Mon Mothma, yeah. we talked about it yesterday, and you said we can talk about it later. And that's a good point. Like, yeah. well, it it's tomorrow. It's Let's like talk about it again. Yeah, and it's almost like he's the little kid. It's just like when when kids are young, it's like they always come back and they always hit you with something. It's like you said this before. Well, when are we going to do it? 
Right. Okay, well, when are we well, going to do it? The one interesting thing I found was that he says they never mention Lothal anymore. It's not even in the briefings now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tells me it's been a while since the last episode. It must have been. Yeah, it seems like it. Do you guys, like, how long do you think has been between episodes? Like a couple weeks? Months? Sounds to me almost like months, because we it, had, it we're almost like a year months, out from Rogue One. Yeah, it, it can't it can't be years in my opinion, but it has to be a couple months. It felt like weeks to me, actually, is what I would yeah. say. Okay. But regardless, it's been Either some way, time. Either way, some time which... has definitely passed. Yeah. I think they're accelerating toward Rogue One. I, I mean, they're moving in. Very interesting. They're moving into the end game. I think that's yeah, kind of expected at this point. Definitely, definitely, and yeah. with a shorter time season, to. Jump. Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's time to raise the stakes and start getting people to where they need to be, so we can have that you know final big story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, it, it was funny when the episode started. I almost wondered, like, are we watching in the name of the rebellion again? Because the the shot of like the ghost coming out of hyperspace and then you know uh, flying down to even four was very similar at first. Mm-hmm. Like they're saying different dialogue, but it almost feels like the beginning of in the name of the rebellion. But but then the episode. Well, it was cheaper for them to probably reuse that. Grab it; they don't have to. Re- I'm redo sure it. it's not reused, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it probably isn't. Maybe similar. It's probably not reused. No, I'm just gonna guess that that is the case it probably is although i have to say ezra having just complained about never hearing about lothal got pretty lucky because as soon as they landed like the second they landed mon mothma calls them in and is like you got a message from writer okay coincidence Uh, well i'm assuming they've been out on a mission for you know a couple of days the message came in while they were gone you don't want to break operational procedure you know and to be fair he did have a force vision of old joe so they're like connected you know uh but but the message of course is is something that's very interesting i i wasn't i mean had i not looked at the episode titles i wasn't expecting them to go to go back to this as much um steven what did you think of the return of the the tie defender uh i mean i was just this is i'll talk about it more i think in the second episode um Mm -hmm. i was complaining last week that you know the tie defender is supposed to be this kind of elite starship and uh why like if it's so good why haven't we seen it more and the second episode kind of i think touches on that a little bit talking about oh this is the elite tide defender mm-hmm. um i think is the actual phrasing they used but yeah like fine going back to the thal as the home of the tide defender was you know a good thing in my mind and getting to see the tide defender in action in the second episode was obviously fantastic which we'll talk about when we get there i don't want to get yeah. too far yeah no there, there is some good stuff in the second episode i i have to i'm gonna have fun with that one I mean, we, we knew they had been building some parts of the TIE Defender on Lothal. I just didn't... It was kind of cool to, to to find out that this is the pretty much the only... Sounds like the only factory in the, the place where they're prototyping. I thought we that, actually. Well, I thought we found that out the lot when the, they found out about the first, like, prototype. Yeah. Well, yeah, thought, I, they, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I guess I assumed they were building them, like, maybe prototyping there, building them all over. But um, it is kind of cool to see the TIE Defender in such an important ship in the, the EU tied so closely to Lothal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gives our heroes a great excuse to be able to go back, which is nice. Yeah. But it's also a very heavily blockade uh, planet. So in a way, if they were to go back, it could end up being a one-way mission since yeah, this is, we do find out it's bit. locked down. Yeah. So, you know, we, we get this and I'll, this one I will jump ahead a little bit on uh, as to how it kind of fits in the rest of the, 
the two episodes. Mon Mothma kind of warns them, like, you know, if we if we insert you, we can't get you out. And I kind of assumed, like, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll get, you know, the two episodes, they'll get in, they'll get stranded, and the second episode, they'll get out. Uh, I'm getting the, like, do you think there's a chance we might be here for, like, four, you know, five episodes instead of just I, the, you know, this particular story arc? I think so. I I really think what they're building up to is something, I, I think since the beginning of Rebels, the fall plays a very, very key part of the Empire imperial plans and i think it's going to end somehow on lethal because we saw lethal at the beginning of the series you know not a beautiful planet all green and and you know beautiful but we saw like a planet that was basically just with an imperial occupation and now when we finally get to lethal the, the planet's burning and there's you know you the ghost does come in, or not the ghost, but when they finally smuggle themselves in, you know, the planet's being taken apart by the Empire. So it's going to push Ezra, I think, to a certain point to where he can't take this anymore. And there will be some kind of battle. Something is going to happen on Lethal. I think this whole season, Lethal is the key for something. Yeah. It was really it's definitely sad. definitely feeling that way. Yeah. To see Lothal, you know, burning. And like you said, because it's been such a, almost like a character Mm-hmm. in in the show and such a main p- portion of the, the 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 first you know season or two it was very sad to kind of go back and we saw so many returning characters uh in, in these episodes and um you know, people we've seen in in previous episodes and uh and they were all different they're much more kind of broken down in, in many cases and defeated by the uh the empire uh things are as you said burning it's just it, it was kind of almost heartbreaking to, to see the the destruction that the empire wrought on 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 the planet. Yeah, it's they did an amazing job kind of transforming Lethal, I think, for this episode and really making it feel like we're in the midst of you know this horrible uh, imperial occupation. Mm-hmm. And my favorite is uh, you know watching uh, the crew of the ghost kind of walking through. I'm going to say like downtown Lethal or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I it just it had that feeling of like, oh, you know, like we've been here before. This is kind of season one when we spent a lot of time on the streets of Lothal, and it just the way they've made it feel different is just stunning. Well, it was yeah. desolate. I mean, there was nobody there. There was a curfew, and if there was anybody on the street, immediately it's like, where's your ID? Mm-hmm. You know, very yeah. desolate. Yeah, you know, the, I, I like the the nice touch of imperial propaganda mm-hmm. everywhere with the old photos of of Ezra and Sabine and everyone because of course they wouldn't most likely have newer photos of them, right? Uh, using the ones that they had when they. When they well, the funny thing that I got out of this, they showed the old photo of Sabine. They kind of updated her look in this episode. In fact, I actually liked I liked the armor. I, I understand it looked like they changed her hairstyle to be darker, but yeah. I liked what she did with her armor. Her armor got a little bit darker yeah. as well, especially the helmet too. Yeah, she looked. She they looked did really good, a yeah. really good job transforming her. And actually, I'll say they transformed all of the characters really well for this episode, especially when they're undercover. I Zeb's costume or uniform, I don't know how to describe it, just made me mm. laugh so hard. They were all so about, ridiculous. Like, yes. Yeah, something about his little scrunched face or with a tall. It was just perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, they were the other ridiculous thing, in a good way. But, yeah. yeah. And we were talking about things coming back. We got to see um, Vizago again. 
Mm-hmm. Which yeah, that that's, uh, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, luckily it wasn't Hondo. That would have been more fun. But at least Wazago was able to get. We did get part. a Hondo reference. Yes, though. we did. We got a Hondo reference. Yes, we did. Plus, uh, we also got ourselves a Lando Calrissian reference too in this episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With the return of the puffer pigs, mm-hmm. I I kind of felt like the beginning of the episode with like Vizago and the Puffer Pigs was kind of like a, a send off to them. I don't know. Maybe Vizago will show up later in the, in the series, but he's never been a major enough character to, uh, to probably warrant being in the, you know, in the, in the thick of things later on. But, uh, here at least they're able to, to hire him to help smuggle them onto the planet mm-hmm. and they pay him with Puffer Pigs. The, crazy crazy creatures we saw you know uh, a few seasons ago they're back and he's a very excited to get them he, mm-hmm. he's he constantly talking about those rare beauties and how he, how Lando made a fortune off of them and he can't wait to as well mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of funny to see because I know the fans love the Buffer Pigs yeah and the, and the other thing that also showed up which we kind of glossed over this Callus made his appearance on this one that also ties into oh, the yeah. oh yeah and and I I love the thing where Callus you know they're talking about how they're going to get on the planet and they're like well you know we're going to use Vizago to get on there and you know Callus is just like well I don't trust a criminal like that but Sabine comes back with well we used to say the same thing about you you know <laughs> no I think by far my favorite is uh you know when the they decide that Rex and Callus uh, yes. are going to stay with the ghosts. Yep. And Hera kind of looks in the direction of both of them. Is like, okay, you're in charge, and then leaves. And Callus is like, I think she was talking to me. And Rex is like, actually, I think she was talking to me. And Callus is like, I've commanded star destroyers. And <laughs> Rex is like, exactly. Yes. And he's like, <laughs> but okay. But a lot of that moment was a fantastic gives up the pilot seat afterward yes. he's like okay fine and he gives it to Zeb. and he does it quietly it was he does it there quietly. was that line was and there's the other one about uh you know zeb is complaining about his face and rex is like at least my yours is unique <laughs> <laughs> and zeb was like is, is that clone humor yeah it's not funny <laughs> well the writing in this episode was top notch it was great i had so many Funny moments. A couple perfect lines, like mm-hmm. almost back to back to back. Well, there, there was also I also loved the line where Callus, when he thought he was taking over the ghost, he had that kind of dreamy thing where it was like, and to think I sat here and used to chase this ship, and now in so many words I'm going to be commanding this, and that's when Rex comes back with, you know, it's just, it's just that that little thought process of him going, I used to, and now I'm part of this. Oh wow. But I love it when mm. I love that line where it's just like, do you think you're in command? And it's just the other thing about it is how quietly he just got up and went to the second chair. Yeah. No words. Yeah. I the, the whole scene was just perfect. Yes. Like so perfect. Brilliant. Uh, really, really well done. Um, you know, e- e- even later, too, like when they're trying to land on Lothal and the 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 ties come in and, and are, are, you know, quote unquote, escorting them. And uh, Vizago's like playing it cool. He's like, oh no, this this is standard procedure. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, that's actually the first time. Um, you know, sometimes first, first time, time, it's all kind of the same. Yeah, uh, almost something Hondo would say, but I mean, I'm not surprised. Vizago and Hondo are yeah. best buds. Um, but uh, they, they end up escaping uh, by releasing 
you know, because they land on the ship, the Imperials board, and they release the puffer pigs. And calling back to the clone face joke from earlier, mm-hmm. Zeb uses his useful face to scare the the, the puffer pigs, which is why um, uh, there was that conversation earlier too. That you know, the 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 useful the clone face conversation kicked off because Zeb was scaring the puffer pigs. They blow the puffer pigs up to their full size, and they proceed to like bounce down the corridor, which provides a distraction so they can run out behind them mm-hmm. uh and it kind of justifies why there was all the unauthorized uh life form signatures um by those funny that visago he still just cares about the puffer pig he's running after that one that hasn't blown up he, yet he's got his priorities he wanted the money and we never see him again yeah that was it that was the end of the episode he got his face smashed into the bulkhead by a blown up puffer pig and then that was it i mean i'm assuming he got captured by the imperials based on how they were feeling potentially moment. yeah but he i mean he might be able to wiggle himself out of out of these situations as, he's as, a smuggler he'll be able to figure his way out of it it's true it's not the first time he's done that yep yep it was also fun to see the return of of uh old joe's uh pit stop the the cantina um that we saw earlier in the series and it's changed a lot mm-hmm. just like the rest of lothal well it, it changed when so did much we because... see that cantina before was that season? It must have been season one. I take it, right? Uh, it was actually I think Empire Day. Oh, we saw okay. it. Yeah. Um, which tied in nicely to the Imperial March as they approach. I, I think we learned laughed this... really hard when they had the Imperial March coming out, which was great. I, I did. I love that. The how they will bring it back again. The not the Imperial March, but the parade version of it from Empire Day. Um, although we learn never ever trust. Like anything Ezra says, no, uh, it's consistent. Like he says I mean, one thing. That's not like, news, oh. though. It's not. It's not. But I think it just just drives it home. He's like, oh yeah, old Joe's. It's gonna be the one place the Empire wasn't welcome. People wouldn't stand for it. Literally, oh, the second he not. says that, they walk in. Imperials everywhere in old Joe's. Everyone else is gone. Um, and the stormtroopers start to try to search them, so I have to pretend to get a drink while they're there. They see a hologram of Baron Valen Ruder. And he's, or no, Ezra says, they would never find us in here. There's, no one will recognize us. And then Sabine points to the hologram, and then the guy himself behind the counter of Baron Valen Ruder, uh, who, of course, um, they uh, had some fun interactions with early in this in the in the series. Uh, and of course, he would he would definitely recognize mm. him. Well, or so they think. I just I found it funny that an Imperial pilot was actually running a cantina. Uh, that was well, it, oddly weird to me. Like, oh yes, I'm such a good pilot. The Empire just gave me another job for my office. Well, no, 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 no. He he no. He bought the place. It was suppo- supposedly Did he, he buy bought it? the place. If I understood that it correctly, that was his cantina. You know how the Empire buys. Well, things, yeah, that's right? why I said supposedly bought the place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose. I guess I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, as as long as he doesn't drink and fly, I think we're I think we're good with it. <laughs> I mean, I, I did like seeing you know having Baron Valen Ruder come back though. It it took me a moment to to recognize him. Uh, he was the Imperial pilot from Fighter Flight and Empire Day, and two of the short the four short uh, you know vignettes that aired before the series even started, um, way way back where he had like Zeb. Um, had an encounter in the streets, but 
he's the, he's the one he's the one who they stole that tie fighter from way back in season one. Oh, the one that she the one that Sabine um uh later customized up. Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, oh, that was his tie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Too bad. Thankfully, he didn't recognize them, but well, or did he? Well, yeah, I, I guess. That's a point. That's a good point. Do you think he recognized them, or did? I, I was under the impression that he literally just thought they didn't pay. I. That's a good question. I don't know. I guess it must have been because I was a little surprised when uh, Jai Kel returns and like, oh, let's go. Yeah, of course, I'll pay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And they just kind of like walked through with the stormtroopers. Yeah, but yeah, okay. But, it must have been that. Yeah, but once they get out, they they still are being chased. It's like stop them. So it's not like they. It wasn't an easy escape. So that's what um, I, that was the one scene that I I did not like in this episode. Uh, there know. was one other one for me that was very really? very obvious. Uh, so jumping forward a little bit, you know, they get discovered uh, and they're running away from the stormtroopers. They blow up a speeder mm-hmm. and then they run down a hallway and there's uh, a death trooper, I believe, and uh, some more yes. stormtroopers running by. And they're like, and I laugh because Ezra puts on his best, like, I'm gonna call it like his hillbilly axe. He's like, oh, I'm just a simple farmer. And uh, they went that way, uh, <laughs> which was really funny. Uh, but they're like, okay. And then they like kept going. I was like, but but you're searching for people and they're out after curfew and you didn't ask for ID. You didn't do anything that you would do when you expect, like you're looking for people. So that was a little, little... that was my, my main pet peeve with the episode, Mm -hmm. but I don't know this one though. It was just like, (sighs) yeah, it, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan because he's like, just pay the man. Uh, with what? I, you don't have any credits? I thought you had credits. I don't have any credits. I thought you had credits. I got it. It's on me. I don't know. I, it was okay, but uh, it worked. Yeah, it, but it was a little, wasn't my a little odd for sure. Yeah, um, it was cool to see the return of Jai Kel though. That was kind of fun, um, especially because you know he was he was from the. Uh, the episode breaking ranks he was dev well, ezra uh, disguised as dev morgan's uh friend in the academy and uh he was the one who was like force sensitive even though he didn't really know it so it's kind of cool to see him return he also um appeared in the the young reader series servants of the empire as well uh, so they're they're really tying everything back together Pulling it back together yeah as you should for the final season so yeah, there was that interesting um, alley sequence between Kane and, and Hera um, while they were hiding from an Imperial patrol. Uh, do you get the feeling that they're kind of aiming the two of them a certain way? Because you know, Kanan wishes that he would love to see her again, and Hera kind of comes back with the you know you can always see me, and um, and I they know. were just it's about not that to aiming for that moment. <laughs> I'm sure that's already like, that's direct confirmation and like. <laughs> Well, well, okay. this way. they were like half a second away. Yeah, half a. That's true. And, and, it, and I think a lot of people would have sat there and went, "Oh," if they actually did it. But they went, "Ah, oh, shucks," because you know they they a lost million, their moment. A million fans cried out and were suddenly silenced when that moment happened. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so close. Uh, I knew it didn't happen. That that's a good one. That was a very good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you know we got some hints to it in the first. Was it this first? Uh, no, I guess yeah. It was the first pair when they're on Mandalore together, uh, not mm-hmm. together but apart. And I'd say this is uh, they're just gonna keep moving this story along. I think this is gonna be Kanan and maybe even Hera's main story or one of their main stories for this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it it, it kind of reminded me of the moment between Han and Leia. Um, yeah, oh, right before 3PO like, came in. 3PO interrupts. Yeah. You know? Uh, except, yeah. It, it, yeah. Uh, so they actually didn't... They he, C-3PO, you know, interrupted their... You know... I guess, yeah. Anyway, same type of moment. You, you get the idea. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just rambling. I lost my train of thought. But, no, that's okay. Uh, Never happens on this show. No. It's Direct okay. parallels between the scenes. The scenes, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, the the fun thing about this point, you know, in the first season, they used to go through uh, air ducts a lot. In this one, this is the second time we've seen these sewer things, right? Because I remember seeing the sewers of the Thal at one point, especially the one area where they had the three tunnels and that big room they were caught in. I swear we've seen something like that before. Yeah, no, I think we, I think they, that we did see them go through the, uh, the sewers uh, last time. They were uh, on Lothal. I think it was in Breaking Ranks. I think it was actually when they were going after uh, was it Alton Castle, I think. Um, oh, is that the one where he turned he, on him? He pretended. Yes. Yeah, I remember he, yes, pre- yes, he pretended yes. to be on their on their side. Yes. Uh, and then uh, he or pretend, yeah, and then and then he he turned on them um, mm. at, at the last minute. Um. Yeah. Uh, now is this? Yeah, the first... yeah, because it was, it was, it was previous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Castle hosted an interview with Travis, and then, um, yeah, exactly the assassination of Minister. Now, is this the first time we've seen uh, Imperial probe droids in Rebels? It is. We've seen other types of probe-ish droids. Well, they see, and that's the thing that gives Dave and the crew a lot of incentive to start tying everything together. Because they're they're pulling so much from the Star Wars universe to tie the whole thing together, and I do have to say that is the one thing I appreciate with this and the whole story group and everybody communicating with each other because they're able to pull everything and start pulling it all together into one big cohesive story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right, it, it's 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 really cool, um, and I and I like how they use the probe droids in a very you know, confined environment, uh, tight space uh, mm-hmm. this time, which is different than we've seen them, you know, in, in the past. And they're, they're following through the, them through the sewers. Uh, and, and eventually they kind of reach this large central chamber and just because they, they followed um, uh, the Sabine's artwork, actually her symbol uh, mm. on, on, on the walls uh, was also a nice, you know, a nice touch. Actually, I, I wonder so we talked in the past about how Sabine's symbol is very similar to the Rebel Alliance mm-hmm. logo. I'm trying to think now. I don't think we've seen the Rebel Alliance logo yet in the series, right? Really? When do we actually ever see it in the movies, though? Like, is there an actual time think, when we do? I don't think we've seen it have. yet. And that's if my point. Is like, do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think we'll get that? You know, at the end know. of Rebels. 
But do we ever see it? Do we ever see it in episode four? Well, like Ryder now is, is already using Sabine's symbol to help lead the rebels to him. I wonder if they are, start adapting that symbol and then we'll see it in other places. Or maybe maybe not. Maybe it's just that's good enough. They don't have to explicitly show, hey, look, that's how the rebel symbol came into use, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but don't we get a first look of at least a, a symbol in um, The Last Jedi? Because remember when in the trailer we see the books and then there's that symbol. So it seems like it's a symbol. If if that's the symbol they're trying to use, that's a symbol that goes way back. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I did like how he used it to lead them to that large central chamber. And just when they thought there was no escape surrounded on both sides, they decide they realize, oh, look, there's an exit right above us. And they jump yeah. on the ladder. and Yeah, but there was one problem. There was one problem with that. Okay, because they did have an issue trying to open that because Ezra decided to pull. Oh, let's just. Oh, what he he used his lightsaber to slash the controls, which ended up being a good thing in one case, but ended up being a bad thing because they got locked in there until it was opened on the other side. Yeah, yeah, but just when they thought there was no escape, they opened up the uh, uh, they opened up the hatch, and there was Ryder Azadi. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's kind of how the episode ends. They they escape the first part at least. They escape the um, uh, the sewers, and you know, they hop in 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 Ryder's Ewing, and you know he he's basically surprised that that's all the reinforcements are going to get. He thought there was more <clears throat> more coming, and Ezra's like, nope, it's 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 just us, but. You know that's how rebellions start. They start small, and eventually they grow. And it's not convincing. Do it again. Although no, to be not, fair, it seems no, like not convincing at all. From the second episode, it feels like Ryder's rebellion is him and uh, Jai, because we don't yeah. ever see anyone else, and they seem to just have a Ewing and no other, you know, ships, no other support. That's true. And even Jai wasn't in the second half of the episode, so it's really just Ryder. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess poor, poor old Joe. He was part of the. That's true. They had three, and then the Empire killed him. Sad. Poor, poor Thorian. Yes, indeed. Yeah, but then again, if you want to look at it this way, maybe Ryder was the, he's the leader of the cells on Lethal, and maybe, maybe there are other cells. We just don't know. Well, and um, we don't know if we've actually been to their base yet or anything like that, too. Very true. There's still a chance. Yeah, there's a chance there's more going on in Lethal that we know. But like I said, Lethal within this series, it's a, I would almost call it a major character because it always goes back to Lethal. And now that you've got the Lothcats that you've seen sporadically and they play a bigger part in the second episode, and now the Loth Wolf or whatever you want to call it, um, Lethal is a plot point in this whole Rebels series. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, right? Because we we go to the beginning of the second episode takes a very different. I mean, it's it's it continues the plot, but it's also very different too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I like the beginning though. Uh, we we get this little almost cute sequence with the with three loth cats as they you know run across the snowy uh, Lothal. It's now snowing for some reason, which I thought was a bit of a. I assume it's just because they're surprise. in a maybe region. different part. Yeah, different region. Different region. Um, also, remember that the Empire, when you saw it in the first episode, they are destroying the planet. It could be 
<laughs> climate change or anything that's, that's true that's changing it's also the environment. True. yeah but it was it was definitely fan service to get a little uh not even a little sequence we got a little sequence at the beginning followed by a fairly a uh, decent sized starring role for the the loth cats mm-hmm. uh, throughout this episode as they you know helped ezra and sabine a bit later um i i i like their their inclusion though they're the the animators did a great a great job it had almost like a yeah. very disney-esque feel to it with you know the individual uh, cats kind of i don't yeah. know like a saturday morning cartoon where you get like oh it's Lothcat number one and Lothcat number two and then they go on a zany adventure together you know so, what? Actually, it had that like i figured opening. out it's, it has a very sorry go ahead no just say, it has that like no, opening of a, a cartoon or movie like animated movie feel to me it had a pixar animated short like before yes. before the pixar movie style feel yeah oh got it perfect got it got it but because yeah. I was going to say, so so basically these three Lothcats, let's theoretically state they are the Huey, Dewey, and Louie of the Lothcats. <laughs> if you look at it that way. But then what are you, you going to call the white one? Oh, the white one would be Donald. Because remember, there's a white one that we saw later. And yes, then there's which I'm three. very interested to talk about. But yeah, uh, well, before we do we're, that, we're we have a nice here. sequence with the, the TIE Defender. Obviously, the whole reason that they're out in the snow is to scout out the base where the tide of enter test flight is going to occur. Mm-hmm. Steven, what, what what are your thoughts on, on this whole whole sequence? I laughed a little bit because they show a sequence of like, okay, you know, they're waiting for the tide defender to show up. They need to see if it's actually that bad. And then it's like, Oh wait, here it comes. And then the tide defender flies in and they're just, and it just like does a little circle and they're like, Whoa, it's so fast. I was like, I mean, <laughs> is it though? Is it yeah. though? I get it. And they're like, it has upgraded engines. Okay, that's cool. And it has an upgraded targeting computer. I, I, I that's sure. <laughs> Isn't that just like a firmware update you just ship to all of your fighters? I mean, <laughs> it just, well, I, that the sequence of being impressed by the tide defender did not occur for me there. It did happen later though. Would, so it's not like, you, it, okay. I guess you just wanted to see more of a, more well, of a demonstration. The, yeah. The, I mean, and obviously that wasn't meant to be the demonstration. I just laughed at how they were all awed by like, oh, it's it's flying in a circle and it's apparently fast, but it doesn't really look that fast. And yeah. you're in atmosphere, well, so what does that even mean? Steven, Steven, it's fast enough that it blew Sabine's helmet off. So. Yeah, that's uh, true. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's, but that's, true. that's called you're in atmosphere. Like, I like, and like that. there's a like se- the sequence later when uh, Ezra and Sabine are in the ship and they like, there's a little sonic boom, which is like really cool. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. You have to admit that. Oh, that it's was absolutely really cool. cool. But I'm, yeah. I'm kind of assuming that if you have ships that can fly in space and, you know, can achieve light speed and can blow up moons and planets with a, you know, single blast hitting, you know, passing uh the speed of sound not that impressive you know <laughs> okay but the effect that they did on that to make oh, it the look effect like is gorgeous i know it's but it's it, not uh it's impressive from an animation point of view not from a uh you know imperial star system point of view you know speaking of like gorgeous animations like they, they i love the detail in this they even had you know like their breath when they when they breathed you could see the, like, the oh yeah you could see it was cold great detail i thought they were really really well done absolutely and even the little moment with like the loth cat sitting on zeb's shoulders and like licking his head and stuff was oh that was too funny it's kind of fun um the the one thing that i every time i see this when the tie defender has red on it i or or tie in but 
I keep thinking of Baron Fell from the mm. the expanded universe. And I know it's not him, but it's it we has can, that feel every time I see it. We can hope I wish they would someday. use the character. Yeah, I wish they'd use the character. I honestly feel like Volt Scaris is a, is supposed to be somewhat like Baron Fell. Yeah, I agree. I, I I agree. It's just that he's not the he's not the Baron Fell that we knew from the expanded universe. No, he's he's not. Yeah. He's not. But I kind of get the, that that's the feeling that he, that's that's him. And so he's the one. It turns out who's piloting the Tide Defender, just as we saw in Flight of the Defender and his introduction in the Antilles Extraction. Yeah. Um, which was which was kind of cool. And and so they decide that <clears throat> they need more than pretty pictures. They need to steal the flight recorder from the ship so they can get you know the the complete technical readouts to the uh, rebel alliance yeah. uh, well, you took the words right out of my mouth but i was going to say from the oh, Defender. yes so there's also a comment where they're like uh well how are we going to get this to the like to that uh-huh. and sabine's like that's a good problem to have you know yeah. let's steal it and risk our lives and then we'll figure out how to do it i was just like really because if you can't get it out of the system like What's your plan? I mean, well, yeah. you just you're risking your lives, and you don't even think you'll be able to like deliver on it. So, I mean, she's being impulsive. Did Jen totally know impulsive. how to get off planet when she was still in the plans of the Death Star? Yeah, I mean, they steal no, because they had a plan. Plan later. No, they had a plan. They're like, oh, we'll just steal it, and then we'll fly off because they won't know we're here. Yeah, that was the plan. Yeah, that is not the yeah, plan that- here. No, but wait a minute. Doesn't doesn't Sabine say at some point if they can get the signal out, at least if they steal it, they can get a signal out past the blockade no, if they can't physically get off? Ryder says so, they can't get a signal out. That's oh, a good point. Okay. He says so, they so, can't get a signal out and Sabine's like and that they don't have a ship. And Sabine's like, Well, that's a good problem to have. And I was like There's so many ships, why can't they just steal one? I mean I I guess well, in a way they did what they like, ended up doing. She could say, Oh, then we'll steal a ship. But instead she says, We'll figure it out later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that's true. That's true. Pick a better plan. Uh, why go through the effort to do all the planning? I know it's not like ah, she's impulsive. Plan things. She is. She is. Uh, so she's Mandalorian and impulsive, <clears throat> right? And that's exactly why she uh, walked straight up to the ship. Well, snuck into the base, and uh, with some and, cat help. With some loth cat help, which, 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 which was which was interesting. Fantastic. It was yes. amazing. <laughs> which, which actually, which, this yeah. surprised me. That I'll, I'll say it. That gag with the Lothcats pulling those stormtroopers away. I'm surprised they continued that gag as far as they did. Yes. Yeah. Much. I am so surprised. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And those those two those two stormtroopers like pursued the Lothcat way outside of the base. Like they were. I mean, I know the Loth. Well, they tried to shoot the Lothcat, so the Lothcats attacked them. Mm-hmm. Jumped on their face, which is great, and then ran off. And they pursued the Lothcat like way outside of town. Yeah, you see behind them like the the base way off in the distance. And they were like out of breath pursuing this Lothcat. It's like it's ludicrous it, and yet it, hilarious. It's ludicrous, hilarious, but that was something Durpin and his buddy would have done. <laughs> yes, that is true. You know, not two stormtroopers. That's true. Um, I, but I, but it was a great distraction because Sabine was able to. Uh, you know, sneak into the ship and um, and and steal the the flight data recorder. Mm-hmm. But 
she, she, she steals it, but there was a little bit of something that happened before that because just when you thought the plan was going to work, these stormtroopers go away, in comes an Imperial shuttle. And inside comes out when the Grand Admiral Thrawn and Governor Price. Now, you want to talk about a way to throw a monkey wrench in your plans. See Thrawn coming down a shuttle ramp. Yeah, that's yes. for sure. Yeah. I definitely feel like Thrawn has had a more of a minor presence in this season so far. Yep. Even in this episode, which was arguably his biggest appearance thus far, mm-hmm. his, but, his role was still fairly minor. But don't, don't you think, don't you think there's a reason why? I mean, I, they are, the way Thrawn is and the way that I see they're doing, they're building it up to something. They're putting these little pieces together where you only see him a little bit, a little bit, a little bit when you need to see him. And then they're going to build to a bigger thing at the end. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Because yeah. if they if they put him so much at the beginning of this and then so much at the end, I mean, it's definitely Thrawn, but it's not building the way, logically, the Thrawn character is. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a good point. And I think we'll see more of him later later in the season, but... Uh, Steven, you know, going back to the, the tie defender, Voltscaris decides that he's going to do a live demonstration of, of the ship that Sabine is in, and Ezra completely fails at stalling Thrawn, which, by the way, I, I like that little moment, like, stall Thrawn? How? Yeah. And he ends up just, like, getting into a fight with a tie pilot. Um, Talk about epic fail. Sabine I mean, this, has to that basically was decide fail. to steal the tie defender and rescue him. Thoughts on this, this whole sequence? This was... There was a moment again where Sabine gets into the fighter, goes to rescue him, and then she looks at Thrawn and mm-hmm. like moves on and then goes to Ezra and starts shooting at the stormtroopers. I was like, you could have shot at Thrawn. Like that that would have been a good idea. Wouldn't have okay. probably wouldn't have worked, but would have been at least, mm-hmm. you know, worth the attempt, maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean she does try to take out the whole base. She takes uh, out the okay. whole base except well- Thrawn. Okay, but wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. This was my absolute favorite part of the whole episode here. Have really? either of you guys... Oh, yeah, this is totally it. Either of you guys seen the movie Patton oh, with yeah. George C. Scott? Nope. Long time. It's been a while. It's been a while, but I have seen it. Okay. There is a clip when George Patton takes over the North Africa Corps, and he's talking to a British Air Marshal. And, you know, George C. Scott, Patton is like the whole time saying... You know, we need air support. We need air support. I don't want to see another German plane in the sky. And this is paraphrasing. And the uh, uh, British Air Marshal says, you know what? I can guarantee you there's not going to be a plane in the sky. And sure enough, here comes two Henkel bombers totally destroying the base. George C. Scott jumps out of the window and stands in the middle of the street, raises his sidearm. And he's like, he's like, you know, go for my nose, shoot my nose. And they, they copied a shot right between Thrawn's legs of that tide defender coming at him, the same shot out of Patton where you've got George C. Scott raising his sidearm, firing at these ankles. I, being a fan of that movie, I went nuts. I'm like, oh cool. my God, that was the coolest thing. It's a great shot, 100%. Great shot. I mean, it's it's I funny how... how Thrawn Pardon? I love how fearless Thrawn is. Yeah. And and to me, it's like, it's like from right here in this movie, if that's the way George Patton... So, in a way, they're kind of setting up Thrawn as the, I'm going to say this, I may be wrong, the George S. Patton of the Star Wars universe. 
I believe yeah. it was so good. So good. That being said, if Thrawn had been shot and killed there, you know Price would be like, that was, why? That was so stupid. Just, no. <laughs> yeah. It Honestly, only Steven, is cool they because he lived. They don't well, yeah. ever kill people. They only kill people in explosions. If Thrawn was next to an explosion, he would have died. He was not close enough to the explosion. So, of course, they wouldn't kill him. True. True. And stormtroopers, because of the armor, they only get knocked out. So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I I love that scene. I it, totally it was love it was scene. great. It was great. It was very good. And then we and get this, a great I was gonna say this sequence, was a much better yeah. demonstration of the tie defender's capability. Absolutely. And like that was the moment I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And it well, was I like the this... moment where Price even uh, Thrawn even says, you know, Price offers to disable the tie fighter so that they um uh so they can't escape. Because uh, as you saw, that you know that they they have the ability to remotely uh, disable the, the 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 ships in Flight of the Defender, and Thrawn says, "No, no, let's let you know who, the rebels steal this tie, and then we'll just see how we'll use it as a we'll as a perfect an actual real life combat test mm-hmm. uh, with inexperienced pilots, but 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 still, um, and so we get this cool dogfight basically uh, across Lothal through weaving through the 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 structures and everything uh, which i really enjoyed it was a really awesome scene and i do like thrawn's little quip that's like oh he's you know he knows that ezra's in the tide of fire he's like i wonder who the other one is and price mm-hmm. is like it must it, that's a great pile it must be Hera. And he's like no if it was Hera, our pilots would have been dead long ago Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but but then he continues that because he does reason that it's uh, Sabine inside. But I love it to, to paraphrase. He figures that it was Ezra flying the Tie Fighter, and he's like, you know, if Ezra's flying the Tie Fighter and he defeated three of our best pilots, imagine what our pilots would do against the Rebels. So basically, he's saying that our Tie Fighter pilots would basically be better in that. And here you have a very inexperienced pilot in that TIE Defender defeating our best pilots. Mm-hmm. Imagine us just totally wiping out the Rebellion in that TIE Defender. Yeah. In that tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a, a dangerous ship. Unless you have the kill switch. Which is which is fairly cool how they have that kill switch. And I just loved how the wings, like because there's you know, the three wings, and two of the three wings just popped right off. Mm-hmm. And wow, that's like ter- kind of terrifying. <laughs> it made me laugh. Yeah, not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, but they they crash on the surface, and then Sabine has the great idea to steal the hyperdrive so they can install it in Ryder's U wing. Um, of course, that means they have to carry it across the snowy plains. Mm-hmm. Quick question: Does does everyone have a U wing now? Okay, I, now- I do feel like it's been a little bit overused in this season. Well, I, I do have a question it, on this. Was it? Yes, was it, everyone has a U-wing. It, it, it's a U-wing, but it, was it damaged or something? Because it didn't look like a U-wing. It's, I think it's because it's only ever shot from the back, and I'm not sure we ever see the kind of long... I feel, no, I take that back. I feel like It the, wasn't until the very end of the episode. I feel like you're right, Tom. The, the front tips that normally stick out super far don't seem to be there. Yeah, it seems like it was damaged. I mean, it seems like it's flyable. Yeah, but the I actually tips didn't that recognize it as a U-wing at first until yeah. they explicitly say that in the dialogue later in the episode. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure either. Like, I was, I thought it was, and like the inside definitely looks like it, but it's it's hard to tell. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's something that happens in this episode because it was mentioned a little bit before, but now we're starting to see this white Lothcat and this white Loth wolf suddenly appear. 
and it appears it's only to Ezra. So what does all this mean? And yeah. here's the other thing. When the Loth Wolf appears, Ezra sees it behind Sabine. Sabine turns, and I swear the Loth Wolf breathes, well, does breathe, breathe on Sabine, but I swear you hear it say sleep. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Okay. I could have sworn So what does this well. all mean? Yeah. What does all this mean? This is very mysterious, like, even more than Bendu, almost on the level of, like, not quite um, Mortis, but, like, it's it, it's a huge mystery. I don't, I don't, I have no idea. You know, the, clearly this, this white Loth cat is, is leading them to things, right? Because they, mm. they, the white Loth cat leads them to a cave where they can hide the hyperdrive. And when uh, Sabine uh, asks him how he knew that the cave would be here... Uh, he just he mentions that he called the white Lothcat and she's confused, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a, a, as you said, um, you know the, the while the, the search for them is is happening, um, there's that white the 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 Loth wolf appears, which apparently are like the ones in the cave paintings, and they haven't been seen in over a hundred years. Like they're very mysterious. Did creatures. we ever see those cave paintings that they're talking about? Uh, I can't. A long remember. time ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. But then that white loth cat appears on the loth loth wolf's head, and not only does it say sleep, but it, it like it knocks out Sabine, mm-hmm. like, and then ends up carrying them to safety. Yeah. What? Is, do you guys think it's real? Is it? Is it force? Is it? Well, I mean, it, I think. It, go ahead. Go ahead. I thought there was a line where it was seemed to be real, mm-hmm. except then we see the loth. Loth wolf at the very end, and no one else sees it as it's watching them walk away, which makes me think that I don't know. But there's a smile on his face. That's the other thing. At the end, when when the Loth wolf is watching everybody, it gets a smile on his face, like you know, it's it's a protector. It it's somehow it's going it's... to protect the re- the rebels, Ezra and Sabine. And and isn't isn't the whole thing that that was the biggest thing before the the whole season four of Rebels started? Yeah. Follow the follow the white Loth cat. Follow yeah. the white wolf, uh, Loth wolf. Yeah. So this mystery thing is going to drive everybody nuts. Do you think it's connected to Bendu, or um, or or, or even the the Converies that we saw earlier in the season series? How about something? How about something different? It could be something, different, something but like, completely different. There's the whole mystery of, of what happened to Ahsoka, and some people have theorized that maybe Ahsoka is the Converse now, and she can like watch over people. Uh, who, who knows? There's now this white. There's this very this this mystical element that's been kind of under like an undercurrent of the series, right? And now I think it's starting to come to the forefront, and I'm very curious to find out. Okay, one other thing now that I think about it, when it comes to Lethal, didn't. Ezra and Kanan find a Jedi temple on the fall seasons back. And that's where they had to use the force to open it up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like I said, this planet within the series is very important. And now that you've got this mystical aspect of this white Lothcat and white Loth wolf, there is something going on force wise. Yeah. Either Bindu wise by way of the gray Jedi or, you know, the Jedi itself. It doesn't look like, uh, unless it's going to be a, we're going to throw you a curveball. It's nothing 
appears to be dark side yet, if it is, but it's it's something to where it has to work within the force. It's connected to Ezra because he's the only one that right now can see it. Right. I, I think you're right. And e- even when, when Ezra is wondering what the Lothwolf meant at the end of the episode, you know, he, he says he knows it was real and Canon believes him, but that's when Canon says the very mysterious line, all paths are coming together now. Yep. And even he doesn't know what he meant when he said that. Yeah. Uh, which almost sounded like he was talking to the, the, the viewers. Yeah. And, and there's one yeah. thing that, and there's one thing about this episode that really bothers me. I'm getting a tad tired of hearing Ezra said, what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? What does it mean? What Nobody it knows, mean? Ezra. It... If we knew what it means, we would tell you. Yeah. If we don't know. Yeah. yeah. Ezra, <laughs> let's just watch the episodes and we'll find out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, all answers will and be it, revealed. Yeah. And sleep wasn't the only thing that the Lothwolf said either. He said, remember when, right at the very end, when Ezra asks why he helped them, he just says, doom. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, at least. There is almost certainly something major that's uh, about to happen on Lothal, I think. Ezra, I think it goes, be, go it goes beyond the TIE Defender. Farm. It goes beyond, you know, just about everything we've seen thus far, I think. And honestly, I think this is why Dave Filoni wrote the second half of the, of the, of the two-parter uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Dave Filoni and Stephen Melching, actually. Yeah. Dave Filoni, historically, in Rebels, has only written <clears throat> some of the most important episodes of the series. If you go back... He, you know, he's credited on uh, specifically the, the writer for Twilight of the Apprentice, Ghosts of Geonosis, tying into Rogue One, um, uh, Trials of the Dark Saber, and now this one. So, like, this is obviously it's not just about the Defender. The Defender is, I think, what it looks like. It's the the eight plot to us. I think it's actually the B plot, and this this um, mysterious creature the loth wolf and uh and that whole mystery is going to be a i think maybe i'm wrong maybe they'll, they'll never come back to it like it more this but i think it's going to play a much 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 bigger role mm-hmm. definitely yeah yeah and fascinatingly the um the loth, loth wolf is just listed as himself in the credits <laughs> just like chopper <laughs> the white loth wolf so i don't know Dave Filoni got his he got his wolves in though he loves his wolves and he, uh, mm-hmm. he got a whole episode about them. Well, at least he didn't have them painted like the what he's a he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so they're not basically black, yellow, and red yeah. like um, Savage Press was. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, and then of course, like as you said, the the episode ends with the Loth Wolf watching over them again. As it fades not to black but to white, uh, that was the Rebels logo. Uh, it's very, very curious. Have we ever had a fade to white before? Not for the ending, no. At least not that I remember. But okay, then then look at it this way: if white, white probably means it, it's okay. We're gonna be theoretical about this. It means hope. It means promise. Or pure, it doesn't mean or... there's something dark coming. Yeah. But then again, you never know. Unlike the beginning of the first episode where we went out with a more of an ominous choral music. Yes. You know, 
which is also fairly rare for rebels. Um, but no, this one was that the the fade to white. I don't know. In the words of Ezra, what does it mean? <laughs> uh, not again. So, so why do you think with this one they decided to do two ep- two episode titles instead of one? I mean, they easily could have just had it as I, this like, one. Return it, it to Lopal or something. Yeah, yeah. This one I kind of understood. I think because it, even though yes, they're they're part of an arc. Essentially, I think we're gonna have a you know, as I was saying kind of at the beginning, there's gonna be a six or seven episode like Lothal arc. I think, and mm-hmm. given that you can't name them all the same episode, the focuses of these episodes are still fairly different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's you know just not surprising really. Yeah, I also think that they're going to be stuck on this planet for a while. I don't think they're going to be off of it anytime soon. Yeah, which I, I have to say, I actually really, really like that uh, flavor that I've added. Because, you know, for the last little bit, they, we've been very focused on what is the, how does Phoenix Squadron fit into, you know, the Rebellion as a whole? And I like that we're getting back to this is just about Phoenix Squadron. This time it's personal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also getting back to the focus of the original Rebels episodes this crew of five and even Sabine has said this is her family so they're looking at the these five characters or the ghost crew as the family and it's getting back to that core of rebels yes there is the full rebellion around it but it seems natural at this point since there's so many questions that have to be answered going toward the end of the series they have to focus on these five characters because their stories are going to go one way or another. They're either going to branch off and go into Rogue One, or they're not going to exist at this point forward. Yeah. And they have to focus on these characters to tell that story. Yeah, yeah. It's I. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see where where they take the rest of the of the the the, the season. I mean, we're we're almost to the midpoint. At the, you know, mm-hmm. one, one more two parter, parter, and then the the mid season finale, uh, and then we'll go into the, the final, what five six episodes next year. So it's it's getting close. It's amazing how quickly this season has has gone by because we're doing the. I mean, we're only on the third two parter, but right. But that that's the way. Having it go this way is making it go faster because they are showing both episodes back to back. If they did do it one episode with a cliffhanger, then another episode, it's going to drag, you know, extend the season. But it is going quickly because of the back to back episodes. Exactly. So, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, overall thoughts on the episode, Stephen? Are you asking for my review or just how I, I felt about one. the episode overall? However you want to take it, probably your review. <laughs> I, I, I think get, it, get into the Womp Rats. Okay, I'll, I'll go in. Over, uh, you know, very different episodes, I would say. Um, I definitely enjoyed the second one more. The first was good, but it, was, it really felt like it was a lot of uh, running through sewers, which is you know, not the most interesting thing that could have happened. Uh, but still, you know, a good episode. Second one I enjoyed a lot more. Uh, the elite Tie Defender was a little wonky on its first introduction, but I really enjoyed kind of the space combat scene. I really enjoyed that we got consistent shields showing up during the space fight, and it was just everything I wanted out of a a good uh, fighter battle. 
Um, I should have thought of what I was going to give. Let's see. I think so. I'm gonna have to give this, I think, a seven and a half out of ten Womp Rats. Solid episodes. Really enjoyed them. Um, and I didn't. I was. I had something good. I remembered this. I like. I was watching the episodes yesterday, and I was thinking that oh, I've got a really good idea for what I'm gonna do with my Womp Rats. And now I'm. Uh, I'm blanking. And that's. Uh, should we come back to you? Yeah, just come back we, to me. Could... I guess. Get, I'll, okay. Tom, why don't you go next, and then I'll I'll figure out okay. what to do with my Womp Rats while you're talking. <laughs> okay. Um, I enjoyed both ep- both episodes. I love the second episode better because of the the literal nod to Patton. Um, I am giving both episodes an eight point five. Um, I really see. I think I see where they're going with this. I do believe they are going to be on Lethal for a while, and I really, really strongly believe Lethal plays a very important part in this series. Um, so I am going to take my 8.5 Womp Rats. <sighs> well, you know what it comes to the white? Okay, here we go. The two stormtroopers that ended up chasing the um, uh, Lothcats. Well, at a certain point, as they were chasing the, the, the Lothcats, they came across the Womp Rats. And because the Lothcats were getting out of, you know, running too fast and the Womp Rats were a little slow, uh, they needed some target practice so they could catch up to the Loth cats. So the stormtroopers kind of took out the Womp Rats on the way to the Loth cats. And that's how they ran out of breath because the Poor Womp Loth Rats cats. are just not as good as Loth cats. Yeah. You know, yeah. But actually, you know, instead of shooting them, they stunned them. So they did okay, t- decided to stun them. That was really bad. I got to come up with a better one next week. So, William, go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. Before William goes, I, I know what to do. Oh, do. sorry. Go ahead. I, I know what you to know? do with my Womp Rats now. Okay, go ahead. Um, I'm just, guys, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Do you guys know what, do you know what Loth wolves eat? Oh. Oh. They eat Loth cats, right? No, they. That would be cruel. That's, that's even worse. Yeah. No, they, they eat Womp Rats. <laughs> and, Fun. you know, okay. seven and a half Womp Rats. Delicious. Just okay. like uh, pulled pork, but oh. really, you had to, you had to bring that back, William. I, I did. God, not I, the pork. Definitely did. <laughs> I still don't get them. Um, okay, but but no, I mean, I, I, you know, I I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was good seeing. Um, it was really nice to see Lothal again and kind of return to that classic planet that we we that the series started out on, and 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 get all these characters back uh, from Jai to. Um, to you know, the, you know, we can see him, but uh, the the name drop of old Joe Balin Varen, Baron Valen Rudor, and uh, you know we got some more writer again, Volt Scaris. So, like they're really bringing all of these uh, these these guys back uh, into the series. And I, I have to say, at the beginning of the episode when they were on uh, the first part, when they were on um, Game Four, I love the shot of the ghost landing. Uh, outside mm. of the the Masasi Temple, uh, but it was shot like through the uh, the hangar doors, and it was just beautifully lit and very cinematic, and they did a, a, a great job there. And then, as you guys said, the second part with the, the defenders and and what the heck is going on with the um, the the mysterious Lothwolves? I don't know. Oh, and we even got um, the return of Ezra's tower from the very beginning I, with Kanan and I was going to mention her stand on that doing recon. So. Really enjoyed the episode. A lot of lot of nice moments. Uh, I feel like they're really starting to tie things together, and I can't wait to see you know, what the what the answers are. Hopefully, 
you know, you know, sometimes the answers are you don't want too many answers, but I think some answers right. in this case are are coming. Absurd. So no I'm going to give it. Answers. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give this uh, eight and a half uh, Womp Rats out of ten. And guys, you know, there's something I have to tell you. Uh oh. You know how the you know the the white loth rat loth uh, cat could only be seen by Ezra, right? Um, sometimes loth cats can actually take on another form and look like something else. And so the wolf, the womp rats we've been uh, dealing with this entire run of the show, they're actually mm-hmm. loth cats. They were just they looked like wolf uh, womp rats. They've been loth cats the whole time. Can you wow. believe it? Okay. I believe it. Mind that works. blown. No. <laughs> yes, William. Mind blown. You're, uh, that, you're so clever. Uh, no, not, that was not at all. Uh, so, so, so Tom, clever enough. I was going to say clever enough to say what's coming up on the next Ion Cannon podcast, which would be the review of season four, episode seven, Kindred, uh, where in this one, Tracked back to their hidden base by a mysterious Imperial agent, the rebels must trust some seemingly dangerous native creatures who are far more than meet the eye. And then uh, the second episode is going to be season four, episode eight, Crawler Commanders. Desperate to contact Rebel Command, the ghost crew pirates a mining vehicle with long-range sensor equipment that happens to help them somehow communicate back with the rebels. Yes. The Empire and the notes disappear. Their plans, so yeah, uh, yeah, uh, should be fun. It's our last two-parter for the first half of the, se- the season. I'm happy for that. I think I'm looking forward to going back to just half-hour episodes. Really? I, I mean, at least with these two, I feel like they could have been split up and nothing would have been missed, and then we get to kind of extend out Rebels, and it doesn't just disappear so quickly, you know. Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged yeah. sword, because on the one hand, I, I like, I know we've been talking about, I think since the beginning of We Talk Clones, how we always wanted hour-long episodes. Don't give us these 30-minute things, right? Give us the 42-minute episodes it, of 21. It depends and, on, it. I guess that's true. It depends on what how they go about it, I feel. like in the case, Yeah, it depends on the story. When the episodes, are, you're, you're telling like a three-part arc, yeah, go ahead and show them in, you know, in one go. The last two two episode pairings have been exactly like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I this... felt like... yeah, I felt like these two went fairly well together. Cause they were still part of the, it was still the whole Lothal arc. Cause they did leave the planet afterward. Um, I suppose, but, but no, you're, you, I think you have a, you have a valid point for sure. So, well, I, we'll find... I look at it this way. Uh huh. I, I definitely look at it this way. I mean, sadly rebels is coming to an end, but there is something else coming after this. We hope. I'm waiting to see. What? We hope there's Tell something you. coming after this. Well, we, yes. hope. Well, we, know we have no special there's... cool information. No. no. God, we have no special cool information. If anyone wants to give us cool information... I... Lucasfilm no. has hinted that there is something else in the pipeline. <clears throat> and uh, I think it's going to be all about Luke's Jedi Academy. But that's just me. I am, I am curious to see what it's going to be. Really am. Yeah, I am as well. That will be back next week with our reviews of Kindred and Crawler Commanders. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. 
If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your reviews will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. You can visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2017.